Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of In the Pink Room podcast. We are your co-hosts. This is Jessica Rojo, and here's my girl. Laura Valtiera. Hey, girl. How you doing? Hey, doing good. Doing good. So how excited are you about the first episode of 2024? I am super excited. The first episode. Did you think that we'd be here? No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, okay. to keep it real, when we started talking about the podcast, like, I don't know, three months ago, maybe last October, we kind of thought like, okay, we'll we'll launch it in Mm -hmm. 2024, in January 2024. But what ended up happening was we were just like, dude, fuck it. Let's go for it. Why wait? Yeah. And it's just so interesting to kind of take a step back and realize the things that you accomplished last year as a whole, you know, like all those little moments leading up to it. And it's like last year we started a podcast. Yeah. And here we are. I know. And now we're on episode seven. Yeah. Yeah, It's so cool. And in such a short amount of time. And I checked our analytics right on Mm -hmm. Spotify and Apple podcasts. And I try not to pay too much attention to any of that because like, who cares? That's not why we're doing this. Right. But at the same time, I get curious. (laughs) And we are up to almost 3,000 downloads. Dang. Dang, girl. We got (laughs) listeners in Australia. We have listeners in Iran. We have listeners in Italy. Yeah, that's huge. In Texas, in Illinois. It's so cool. I'm just like, who are these people? (laughs) (laughs) I hope they're having fun and and enjoying the show. Yeah, drop us a message if you're listening. You know what I mean? That would be so cool. Yeah, no, so this is a blast. And can you imagine where we will be at the end of this year? Getting JLo on here. I mean, <laughs> and one day it will happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome. So I thought for our first episode of this year, I put out a poll and I asked our listeners, what do you want us to talk about? And the number one voted was body image. Yeah. And which I was all about because here's why. Several episodes again, we did an episode on self-compassion and we touched on body image. Mm-hmm. And during that episode, I remember that day, my five-year-old little girl, Eva was looking in the mirror randomly and said, mommy, I don't feel pretty. And I shared that statement during that episode. And ever since then, it's been kind of in my space, right? Because I'm just like, wow, she's only five years old. Yeah, so young. So young. And she's looking in the mirror and already she's like not feeling enough. Mm -hmm. And so ever since then, it's been something that's been on my mind. And I was thinking about to my own personal experience. And I don't remember actually not having any issues with my body from a very young age. I mean, I can remember being third, second grade and wondering like why I don't have like a thigh gap. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I was so young at that time. So then I thought like, okay, let me do some research Mm -hmm. to figure out and identify like how young do these images really start? And so I did that. According to some of the research, it says that um, early attitudes about body image develop as young as three or four years old. Okay. And you have two daughters and they are two. Yeah. So you're getting to that point where they are going to start developing the attitude about their body. I can't even imagine hearing them at three or four making comments about that. I mean, especially in a negative way. Exactly. You know, it's like, where does that come from? Mm Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that it definitely starts with us mm-hmm. as mothers, a hundred percent, it starts with us. And we have some pretty big shoes to fill in terms of the role model that we are showing up for, for them. And, you know, of course, if, you know, if we're going to look in the mirror and pick apart our body, they're going to see it. Yes. Right. Yes. But it's so much more than that too. 
as a whole, as a society. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I actually found a quote that pulled on my heartstrings and it actually made me pretty sad because I was mm -hmm. like, wow, that's so true. So during the research about, you know, um, when women start developing their negative body image uh, attitude, I found this quote that says, girls don't just decide to hate their bodies. Society teaches them to. And I was like, oh, that is so true. And it hits different, right? Yeah, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And so I'm really excited to have this discussion with you here. And what I've learned um, about the listeners of this podcast is we actually have a lot of male listeners. And a lot of those male listeners have daughters. Mm -hmm. And so I'm hoping that even though we'll talk a lot about what it feels like to be a woman and, and struggle with these issues that even those people listening can, you know, take what we talk about and apply it to maybe their children, their daughters, even if it is a man listening. So how cool is that? Did you ever think we'd have a lot of male listeners listening to In the Pink Room? I didn't. Nope, no, I didn't. That one coming. What a plot <laughs> twist. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay. So why don't we go ahead and start off by defining body image, right? So we're all on the same page. For sure. Okay, so, so body image, it's a combination of the thoughts and feelings that we have about our body, which includes how we believe others perceive us. And beauty is by far the biggest insecurity women report. Would you say that's pretty accurate? Yes. Absolutely, right? Spot on. It's like you can be so smart, so mm -hmm. funny, you can be educated, you can be musically talented, whatever. Mm -hmm. But you always, it's always about the beauty, right? That's what you really, I guess, like measure your success, yourself with. Mm -hmm. And just that part about how we let society define it for us. Yeah. That's deep. It is deep. That's deep. I know. Yeah. Cause it's like, what do you do? So, so I, I put out a poll for all of our podcast listeners and I asked them, um, I said, do you struggle with body image? And the options were, yep, every day or nope, I figured it out. 78% of the participants, and there was about 70 participants, That's which is good. Group. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, we used to have like 20 <laughs> participants and like, look at us now we have like <laughs> 60 participants, 70. Um, so 78% said yes, every single day. And 22% said, nope, I figured it out. And I was like, okay, we're going to get to them later. But yeah, for yeah. now, yeah. <laughs> we're going to focus on the 78%. And of course, like I didn't vote, right? Because I'm not supposed to vote in my own poll. But I would have said yes every day too. Right. Me too. Yeah. I, I think I to, voted. I, oh, did you? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I have to say that I deal, I have a much better attitude today than I probably ever have had previously in my life. But if I were to tell you like, no, I figured it out, I, that wouldn't be real. That wouldn't be real. So, um, yeah, I still, I still have my battles for sure every single day. And every day is a little different. Some days I do, some days I don't. Yeah. And to that, I also do not ever remember a time where I did not struggle with it either. I never remember a time where I wasn't worried about what I looked like or the size that I was, mm -hmm. um, how much I weighed yeah. and, and, you know, you, like you said too, I also feel like I'm in a space now where mentally I feel like I'm stronger yeah. than I was, than I've ever been mm -hmm. in regard to this issue specifically. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm actually doing a challenge right now for myself. And so I never remember a time where I did not feel like I needed to lose weight. Wow. Okay. And there would always be something, oh, just, you know, this or that and or, or oh, for the wedding or, you know, and then you, you know, you get pregnant and you have your babies and you're like, oh, now I want to lose the baby weight. And 
And for me, it was, I never remember a time where I didn't feel like I, where I felt like I needed to lose weight. Yeah, no, I, I'm there with you. And so now what I'm doing now, uh-huh. this is a mental challenge. I am completely flipping the script and I am actually working on lifting weights to, for the purpose of gaining muscle weight. Nice. So now I'm getting the scale to go up. Wow. Okay. Which is just really uncomfortable in my mind. Like it doesn't make sense. Right. Um, Cause you've conditioned yourself mm-hmm. to think like I need to lose 10 pounds at every point in your mm-hmm. life. Yeah. <laughs> Minimum 10. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm in a calorie surplus. Okay. And, and I'm lifting weights with the intent to build muscle and get that number on the scale to go up. So I'm getting comfortable with feeling uncomfortable Yeah, and teaching my mind Mm-hmm. that it doesn't have to be the way that you've been programmed for it to be for so long. Right. Yeah. You're flipping the switch. I mm-hmm. like that. And how are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling good. Okay. Um, I definitely do feel like I'm like, oh, my pants are getting tighter. And I'm like, shoot. <laughs> like, and, and then the thoughts come in. I, I don't like the way that this feels, but I'm going to work on my mindset and my attitude about it and mm-hmm. say like, that's, it's not, that's not what this is about. Yeah. You need to be comfortable in your body. And if your pants aren't fitting, it's not your fault. It's your pants fault. <laughs> <laughs> and also you could tell yourself like, it's my muscles growing. I'm getting yeah. stronger. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 That's another thing you can, you can add to your positive affirmation. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited about this journey. I'm just a couple of weeks in. So yeah. Okay. Well, keep me updated on that. For sure. Awesome. Okay. So, all right. So let's define like, okay, we define body image. Let's talk about like, why, why are we having this discussion and Mm -hmm. why is having negative thoughts about our body such a serious problem, right? Because Mm -hmm. what, what happens if you don't over time learn to cope appropriately, Mm -hmm. right? And so some of the things that come to my mind is sometimes like mental health conditions, such as like depression, I know a lot, a lot of women and men Mm -hmm. who suffer from depression due to the way, you know, their body body is Um, and the issues they have with their, the attitude towards their body. Also eating disorders. That's a big one. That's a huge one. Anxiety. Anxiety for sure. Um, Anxiety, like if you're uncomfortable in your own skin and you go somewhere, it's like the whole time you're anxious because you Mm -hmm. just don't feel comfortable in your skin. Not able to enjoy like where you are at. Right. Not able to be present and have mm-hmm. fun. And yeah. And then also like the development of uh, body dysmorphia. So what the, what that means for anyone who's wondering is like, um, it's just like an excessive worry about the flaws in your appearance. And um, would you say that you've ever experienced like any of these things? And if you're not comfortable talking on it first, I can. Um, I wouldn't, I would never say I had an eating disorder, but there's definitely been times where I've had a complex, I guess, relationship with food. Um, You know, like throughout the years, I've gone through some stuff, right? And um, some people, when they go through hard times or like maybe um, going through a phase of depression, they may eat a lot. Mm -hmm. Emotional eating. Emotional eating. Well, I learned that I am the complete opposite. I have no appetite. And so... And it wasn't like intentional and it wasn't really about like the way I wanted to look or anything, but it was because like, I just lost my appetite. And then I developed this like weird complex relationship with food. Um, And I think I've probably had that the first time I can remember having a really complex, I like to call it a complex relationship with food is probably college. Yeah, it was probably college. Um, 
And I'm not sure why that was. I think that I found myself in a new, much more diverse, um, I guess, environment than what I was used to. So I grew up in LA, as you knew that primarily like all around all Hispanic people. And then I come to college and it's just totally different. I was like the one Hispanic girl on my softball team. And, you know, you're just around different people, different sizes. And Mm -hmm. it's the first time I remember becoming really, really conscientious about what I look like in comparison to the other people around me. Um, and so I think that's where my, like, kind of my, my relationship with food kind of changed. And then also about eight years ago, I realized that I was gluten intolerant. Right. Mm -hmm. So that then shifted, I guess, my lifestyle and my nutrition in, in many ways. So I have for sure have an, have a history of like a, a, a weird relationship with food for sure. But is it an eating disorder? I don't know. I don't, I don't think so, but, um, I, you know, I, I do feel deeply for anyone who does experience that. Yeah. And then the body dysmorphia, I have to say, like, I can identify with that because have you ever like been at your lowest weight and even at your lowest weight, you still look in the mirror and you think like, I could lose 10 more. And like, people are like, no, you need to eat. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Or what's worse is that when you are at your lowest weight and you don't understand it or realize it. And then five years later, you look back at that photo, a photo you took during that time. And you're like, okay, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, why wasn't I happy? Right. (laughs) Like, why was I still not satisfied with how I looked? Because we are putting, we are putting conditions on ourselves based upon what society is telling us. Yeah, for sure. And then also, I think that, um, a part of me, we're our own worst critic. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And a lot of times like people don't look at you and judge you or think like, oh, she needs to lose 10 pounds or like, oh, her like butt needs to look bigger or smaller, or, like whatever. Like people just don't really do that. And we think they do. Mm-hmm. But you they know, don't really do that. I was just actually talking to one of my good friends, Stephanie, in Boston about okay. this uh, earlier today, in fact, and she calls it the spotlight effect Ooh. where you're hyper focused on one part of your appearance uh-huh. and you know, and you're worried that so many people are going to notice it. Right. And the truth is nobody is going to notice it or care. Yeah. Um, you know, like an example might be because when, you know, when you see yourself on video and you're like, Ooh, like, (laughs) (laughs) is is that how I really look? Do I really look like that? Like, do I really smile that big? I am telling you, nobody not one person is thinking about how big you're smiling. Right. And, and so it's, so she called it the spotlight effect where you, you kind of hype up this one aspect about your, your personal appearance that you're so worried about. And you're Uh so worried about other people are going to notice it and other people are going to think it. And, and the truth is nobody is going to notice it and nobody's going to care. And if they do care, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if somebody, yeah, so makes a comment about how you look, you're like, you're kind of a douchebag. Yeah. And I don't really care what you think anyways. Yeah. Yeah. The spotlight effect. Yeah. I like that. That's cool. I've never heard of that. I love it. Awesome. Okay. So, all right. So th- that's why it's so important to talk about the body image issues, right? Cause it can lead to really some like overall unhappy things, depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. body dysmorphia. Okay. And you have to get it under control at some point. So my other question is, all right, let's talk about like what factors contribute to the negative development of body issues. And so what I did here, because I love doing my polls on our Instagram and I love um, having like collecting data from participants. And so for this, um, for this poll, we had 60 participants and I asked them like, what do you think contributes the most to negative body image today currently? 
And so eight, per, no, 5% said mainstream media. Um, 20% said critical partner or parent. Mm. 18% said childhood bullying. And 57% said social media. Yeah. What are your first thoughts? Like, what's your initial response to that? So my initial response to that, and this is really primarily because I did a I did a little bit of research on it, is I'm surprised that only 5% responded with the media. Yes. Um, because when I think of the media and marketing mm -hmm. and I mean, that's in the magazines and the TV and all of that, like I, I kind of thought that number would be higher. Me too. Me too. In fact, so much that if I had voted, my vote would have been for mainstream media. Yeah, it would be, it'd be hard between mainstream media and social, social media. Yeah. I almost think that maybe they're merging. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And I could even like when people voted for childhood uh, bullying, I totally resonated with that too. Mm -hmm. And here's why. So I'll, I'll, I'll explain a little bit here. So as far as I can remember, I've always had a big booty, right? <laughs> no, I'm just going to say it. I have. And Hell yeah, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but that wasn't always the case because I can remember being like in first, second grade and people would call me bubble butt. Oh. Yeah, bubble butt. And I became so self-conscious yeah. of it, right? And I remember being in elementary and even junior high and always like tying a sweater around my waist or wanting to wear baggy pants or like mm -hmm. just doing anything I could to minimize it. And like for people not to like, okay, so you talk about spotlight effect. That's exactly it. Like yeah. I always thought I was going to be made fun of. So I have these like childhood memories of being called bubble butt, right? Right. And so it's funny because um, I would avoid it. I would have voted for mainstream media as like, how, what contributed to my body image. But in this case, it's actually like a positive thing because, mm -hmm. okay, prior to that time when I was a little girl, prior to 1997. So I, how old were you when people were calling you this name? I, like I can remember like first grade, second grade, third grade, elementary. I want to I, know who these kids are that were coming up with these <laughs> names. I don't know. That, that would be okay. Kids yep. are mean. Yeah. Bubble butt. Yeah. And I was Kids just like, mean. yeah, totally mean. Right. So like, it's something I've never forgotten. Right. Um, and I remember, and this is, this is the one time I remember media having not the one time, but one of the times that I felt like media actually had a positive effect on me mm -hmm. is in 1997. Cause I grew up like I was, you know, I'm yeah, 40. Yeah. Right. So in 1997, um, this was a 90s era where like everyone in the media and mainstream media was like Kate Moss, Cindy mm -hmm. Crawford, Naomi Campbell, like all these like very thin, no curves. And, you know, when I watched movies, when I looked at magazines, when I looked at TV, mm -hmm. I didn't look like anyone that I saw on TV, especially being a Hispanic woman, right? Like not in mainstream media. And I remember, I will never forget in 1997, the first time I saw Jennifer Lopez. And so, so began That's my love girl. for her. So began my love for her. She starred in the movie Selena, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And she was like doing the washing machine on the boardwalk. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. Where mm -hmm. they're doing the washing machine. And she's like, bitty, bitty, boom, boom. <laughs> And, and I remember the, for the first time seeing Jennifer Lopez and being like, wow, like look at her curves and yeah. like, she's so beautiful and she's so confident and like everyone loves her and like suddenly it became cool or it became more, I guess, like, um, celebrated mm -hmm. to have curves. Right. And it was the first time that I can remember seeing someone that I'm, I, I don't look like Jennifer Lopez by any means. I'm not saying that, 
But it was the first time where I was like, wow, like she's a Hispanic woman with curves and she's hella proud of it. Yeah. And it was like the first time where I was like, that's dope. Like I can kind of relate to her. Like I have a booty too. Yeah. (laughs) And so I'll never forget that. And in that way, it had a positive that had a positive effect on me and my attitude about my body. So mm-hmm. like after that, no longer was I like ashamed to have this like little booty. Right. Yeah. And so there Took came that sweatshirt off. I, Hell yeah, girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like that was, that was a very positive thing. Yeah. That's a positive experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even so, I mean, and I will say that mainstream media at this point, I think in my opinion, they're doing a much better job um, diversifying mm-hmm. and showing women of different colors, of different sizes. Like th- recently I walked by Victoria's Secret in the mall during like, um, or in the mall during uh, Christmas shopping. Mm-hmm. And they had this big display of this like beautiful woman. And she, I think she was African-American, super curvy, just like had a soft belly, full thighs. And she was so beautiful. And she was like the, I guess the focal model. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow, like I loved it. Yeah. They are, they are making some big changes that we can see in the media, which is really cool. It is really cool. And I love that. Because Victoria's Secret didn't always used to be that way. Oh no, no, no. not at all. And, you know, to your point about about the media and bringing in, you know, women who look a certain way is that what history has shown us is that the so the standards for, quote unquote, beauty has changed and evolved over time. So, you know, you know, before the 90s, it was very much thin, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, not a lot of curves, baggy clothes. Yeah. And you know, and that was the standard of beauty. Yes. And then it's kind of changed over time, like through the decades and it'll kind of go back and forth, Mm -hmm. you know, then it's maybe thin and busty, you know, in the fifties you have Marilyn Monroe, who was like fuller figured, um, you know, in the, the standards of beauty are kind of changing and evolving. But the hard part is, is that it's making the rest of us feel like we need to evolve to that standard of beauty as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that also I think makes it really difficult for people to look at themselves and accept who they are because like what's the beauty standards are ever changing, right? Mm -hmm. So there's these outside variables Mm -hmm. that are having this like impact on you and how you feel about your body. And the thing is we can't control outside variables. Right. So that's where we need to make sure we're doing a good enough job taking care of ourselves mm-hmm. in our mind, in mm-hmm. our body to say, hey, that's cool that those standards are evolving and changing mm-hmm. and, you know, find something that you're going to relate to in a positive way. So right. kind of like how Jennifer Lopez was able to make you feel proud of that in your space, mm-hmm. no matter the time frame, right? Mm-hmm. Who cares that that was back in the 90s? I mean, she looks better than <laughs> she, ever now. She still looks amazing. I know. But, she, oh, my, she looks better than ever now. Yeah. She's 52. Yeah, she still looks amazing. She but, does. you know, being able to find something where you're going to relate to in a positive way that's going to make you feel good about yourself, regardless of what society is saying right now, the standard of beauty is this, this, or this. Yeah. Yeah. And then also just keeping in mind that wherever you go in the world, let's not just limit ourselves to the United States. Cause Mm -hmm. I feel like later on, we'll talk about this. I'm going to bring up the Kardashian era. Mm -hmm. Um, but the beauty standards here in the United States looks United States look very different. Like say if we were to go to uh, France, right. And we brought over our biggest influencer here in America and we took them over to France. Like I doubt they would think (laughs) (laughs) 
you're going to be like, who are these people? Yeah. Like what is going on right, right now? Right. Because their idea of beauty is so different. Like Mm -hmm. France has, they're very minimalistic, very natural. They don't, they're not really big into like Botox or Mm -hmm. like fillers or maybe fair skin. Yeah. Fair skin or like, you know, they keep everything very simple. And so that's what I'm saying. My point is that wherever you go in the world, like the beauty standards are going to be different again. Mm -hmm. And that attributes to my point in that there's all so many different variables that you can't control. So when it comes down to developing your attitude about yourself, it really does have to start with in. A hundred percent. It's the only thing you can yeah. control. Mm-hmm. Right. The only thing you can control yeah. is your attitude about yourself. Exactly. Yes. Okay. So, so mainstream media, only 5%. Again, I was like, I was, I was surprised by that, but 57% said social media. So then I was like, okay, I got to do a second poll to figure out like why. Mm -hmm. So I did another poll. And the question was, why does social media create body image issues? And it was kind of like split across the board. The options were 31% said triggers comparison behavior. Okay. 24% said it creates unattainable beauty standards, kind of like what we were just talking about. Um, 31% said the use of filters and photo editing tools. And then 13% said all of the above. So I was actually really surprised, not surprised, but I was kind of like, okay, so like the comparison, like why does social media, why, why does that contribute to such a, like a, a negative behavior of comparing yourself to others? What are your thoughts on that? Well, if you have somebody who is maybe in a similar stage of life as you mm-hmm. and they're portraying their life or their body in a certain light yeah. that's making it look really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's easy to say like, well, I'm, I also, you know, have two kids and I don't look like that. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. or like, really, is that what you look like when you drop your kids off at school? Because I look like a slob. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. Whatever. <laughs> Or, you know, or I mean, wherever you are in your in your phase of life, you Mm -hmm. see someone on social media that's literally just doing a highlight reel. Yeah. Like the best version of themselves front and center on camera with like really good angles and really good filters. Yeah. And you're just looking at that making maybe making you feel less than. Yeah. It's hard not to compare yourself Mm -hmm. in that situation. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I agree. So I asked one of the participants who voted for this, um, um, what her, her take was on why it contributes so much to like comparison behavior. Um, this is a quote from Lolani Lamoureux. I've known her since I was a little girl. Um, and I thought this was really smart. So her take was social media today is so impactful because when we were growing up, we had a couple girls at school to compare ourselves to. Now, instantly, you have the ability to compare yourself potentially up to 5,000 people in a single day. People tend to consume images of what they admire or want to be like. So that just further perpetuates the problem. And I was like, wow, that I hadn't really considered that because she's right. Like when you're growing up, it's like you have a handful, a group of girls that mm-hmm. you compare yourself to, right? Like or maybe in your class. Like in your class mm-hmm. or in your high school. And then like you're friends with them, right? So how much are, are you really comparing yourself to, right? Right. So you have like just a handful, a, a small group, yeah. right? And also you see those people kind of all day, every day. Right. Right. And you you really don't even think about it. No, right? no. <laughs> like, I don't remember comparing myself to like a, a group of other girls constantly or anything mm-hmm. like that. But she's right. When you have social media... 
Mm-hmm. And, and you tend to like be drawn to what you're not. Mm-hmm. Right. And so then that like feeds that just continues to, to show up on your feed. And you're like looking at all these maybe women who are fitter than you or more successful than you or like have a bigger booty or a smaller waist or whatever. Right. And you're looking at like 5,000 other people. Yeah. Oof. Potentially a day, mm-hmm. like she said. And yeah. I'm just like, ah, yeah, that is a, such a valid point. Yeah. Also, we didn't have to deal with this when we were growing up. No, we didn't. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, you type in one search for like maybe, let's say, for example, you're looking for like an exercise mm-hmm. video mm-hmm. on social media or on Instagram. Yeah. And maybe you're looking for like a a, a leg workout. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and next thing you know, because of the social media algorithms. Uh-huh you're getting inundated with like women who are doing, you know, leg workouts and they're influencers and, and it's all next scene. It's all over your feed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all you're seeing all <laughs> and day. And that's all you're seeing. Yeah. It's yeah. It's yeah. It's crazy. I actually found a research article oh, on okay. it uh, from the American Psychological Association. And it, what it was looking at was the effects that social media has um, in terms of how they felt about their body. Okay. And so what they found was that teens and young adults who reduced their social media use by 50% for just a few weeks saw significant improvement. Nice. And how they felt about both their weight and their overall appearance. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. So social media, I mean, there's definitely something to be said for that. And this was a study of about uh, 220 people aged 17 to 25, 76% of them uh, were female. And, you know, and they looked at a couple of different markers, their mental health, Mm -hmm. anxiety, depression, all those things that we talked about Mm -hmm. earlier Mm -hmm. and how that can be like really detrimental. Yeah. 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 That's why it's, um, we'll talk about strategies later on um, in this conversation, but that definitely comes to mind as like really limiting your time spent on social media. And then also considering like, you know, be selective of mm-hmm. who you are looking at mm-hmm. and allowing yourself to engage with. Yes. Right. Because all of those things feed your energy. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, okay. So another one was, uh, creates unattainable beauty standards. So that was 24%. And I was thinking like, yes, that, okay. So what this brings to my mind, right. Is, you want to know who has the number one amount of followers on Instagram. Can you guess who it is? I'm going to guess it's a Kardashian. <laughs> yes, yes, you're right. It's actually Kylie Jenner. She has 399 million followers, followed by 364 million followers of Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Okay. So we talk about unattainable. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people looking at them, right? A lot of people is looking are looking at her. Yeah, yeah. And whether or not they signed up to be role models... They are Mm -hmm. like whether or not like that's their intention or not. They 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 100 percent are women. Young women are looking at like, what do people think are beautiful? What Mm -hmm. what is their idea of beautiful? And they look at that. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is kind of a damn problem, (laughs) in my opinion. It's a big, big problem. It's a big problem. Um, One of our uh, participants said um, this is Chris DeVita. And he is one of my friends, uh, um, husband. And he loves our podcast, by the way. And he says, on top of filters and editing tools, most people will never admit when they've had um, work done. And then they flaunt themselves um, on social media and act, and and they act like it's natural. They act like it's attainable, their look. And so that 
really brought me to the Kardashians because you don't really hear them talk about and acknowledge all the work they've done to themselves, right? So like a young girl or anyone can really look at them and think like, oh, wow, like their face is so beautiful and like, look at their structure. But like, really, like they have fillers. They they have gone work on every aspect of their body. Um, their hips are a little interesting. I don't know what they did. There. <laughs> What's going on there? I don't know how that quite happened. Uh, <laughs> like your butt can't be that big and your thighs be that small. No, or your waist that small or like your your cheeks that perfect or your nose that slender mm-hmm. or like your hairline that perfect. Right. And it'd be different if they like owned it. Right. If they were just like, listen, young women, I know you're looking at me just so you know, like this is reconstructive surgery. Mm -hmm. I had to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, (laughs) I had to do all these things and totally reconstruct or like my body to look this way. Right. Okay. So this is actually not attainable unless you're a billionaire, A, or like you have the the money to do it. Right. So this is not something you should really try to, um, try to work towards. Yeah. And to that point, you know, what's hard is that Kylie Jenner is known for her lip filler, Mm -hmm. right? We've all seen the before photos. Sure. We've all seen those photos of what it looked like before she had like fillers in her lips. And Mm -hmm. now she has these big full lips. Yes. Right. Which is, you know, in a, in a beauty driven world, Women want that. Yeah. Fuller lips. Sure. And so she, what she did from there is she created this like multi-million dollar like company. Yes. And to sell Kylie Jenner lip kits. Yes. To everyone who now wants lips like hers. Yeah. When hers are fake. Yeah. And the the reason that she started that was because she said that she enhanced her lips through makeup which was not true. It was through fillers. Right. Right. So even if I buy her makeup, you're you're not going to look like that. I'm not going to look like that. That is not attainable without some type of filler. As I sit here with my overlined lips. (laughs) Girl, your lips look good. (laughs) So like, that's my thing. It's like, I have no problem with when women make changes to their body, use Botox, use fillers, whatever you got to do to make yourself feel great. Awesome. Mm -hmm. But like own it. Right. Like, don't make women think like this is actually attainable because it's not like that's not attainable. And it's not um, you want to talk about progressing with like women, right? Mm -hmm. Progressing. They're regressing us. Right. Like, I I mean, they're totally bringing us back to like just objectifying Mm -hmm. our bodies and stuff. And like the whole it's it's so funny because I, I just explained like my 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 childhood bullying and being called a bubble butt and always being kind of like insecure and kind of embarrassed about having a big a big booty and it's so funny like with the BLM or what is it the Brazilian butt lift like mm-hmm. era that we're in how yeah. everybody wants a bigger booty mm-hmm. i'm just like i don't get it <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, I i'm all here for it like if you love that but it's so funny cuz in my mind i'm like i still try to i want to minimize it yeah so i just think that and that kind of goes to your point like beauty standards just evolve and they change. Like never in my life did I think like having a really big bottom like Kim Kardashian would actually be like a beauty standard that people are trying to attain these days. Right. And I guess my question to them is why do they why do they want that? Why do they want to look fill in the blank? Do they want do they want that because that's what society is telling them is beautiful and they feel like if they have that they're going to be happier? I mean, that's my question to them is kind of their, their why, or are they, you know, are they, they doing it because 
they truly want that for themselves and that's going to better their life in some way. Yeah. You know, I don't know. They are billionaires, right? And they've made it off their image. Mm -hmm. And so I think that like for Kim Kardashian, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of Kim Kardashian. I, I, I don't watch her show. I don't follow mm -hmm. her on Instagram. I hear she's a good businesswoman. I hear she's a very good mother. But in my mind, she's just a very negative thing for women to look at. I saw this clip from the show one day and I hear it's a really funny show and I'm sure I'd probably enjoy it if I watched it. I watched it many years ago, but I don't anymore. But one day there was this, I was like on Facebook or something and I saw this reel and there was a clip from an episode where she was talking to her sister, Courtney, which is probably my, Courtney's probably my favorite out of all of them, probably because she's the most natural. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I don't know what they were fighting about, but Kim Kardashian looks at Courtney and says, you're the least interesting to look at. And I was like, oh, like, first of all, who says that, bitch? Um, like, who says that to your sister or even another woman? Right. Yeah. But like that to me really encaptures like who she is as a human being. Mm -hmm. Like she's so worried about what she looks on the outside. And I don't know her. So who knows? She's probably a total sweetheart. And I, if she ever wants to be in the pink room with us, I'd fucking love it. <laughs> We'll take you. Come on in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sure we'd be fast friends, but, and she's probably so beautiful in person. I'm sure she is. So it's not about that, but I'm just saying like her focus, her objective is purely on the outside, mm -hmm. purely on her the image, outside. her image, selling her image. her image. How yes. can she make money off her image, off her image. which is a shame mm -hmm. because we've had many conversations about this, but why don't you spend a little more time telling us how you're a businesswoman. Yeah. How you're, how do you use your mind? Mm -hmm. How is that like, you know, bettering yourself, like, or maybe even as a mother, mm -hmm. why don't, why don't we try and sell that? Right. Instead of like what you look like on the outside, like, what is it like on the inside? Yeah. Yeah. And do you know, recently she like, so, so she has a line called skims, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And she created this bra and this is not a joke. <laughs> I thought this was a joke. She created a bra with false nipples. I saw that. Like what? <laughs> That's the most bizarre thing I've I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, homegirl, you're like 44. You have four kids. Like, no, cover them nipples up. <laughs> cover the nipples up. Can you imagine wearing that? No, but but I want to know what happens when like someone finds out that they're fake. <laughs> like, what is that moment like? Oh, sorry, it's just my bra. <laughs> Skims by Kim. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like I don't, I definitely, yeah, that's a beauty standard that I won't be buying into. No, no. You will not see me rock that. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. And I will say before we get off the Kardashian era, um, Kylie Jenner seems to have like had a change of pace because again, I don't watch the show, but I saw this other rail, uh, this like clip of an episode, maybe last season or something where, um, she said, we need to do a better job um, about, uh, uh, like the way we're portraying ourselves to other women, because she was talking about, I don't remember verbatim what she said, but her daughter, like, she's like, I wouldn't want my daughter to do everything I've done, especially at such a young age. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's me. I was like, that's good. Like, I hope that she continues to develop that mindset and, um, okay. I don't follow her, but I do check up on her because I, you know, she's research, research <laughs> for sure. Research. And I always want to see who she's dating. Um, anyway, but like, so she, to me has like lessened the makeup. She, the fillers look a little hard, less harsh than normal. Um, and what I've been used to, and she's going for this more like natural look. And I'm like, good for you, girl. Yeah. yeah like keep going with that because you're beautiful to begin with. Right. 
right? Mm-hmm. Like you, we didn't have to do all these things. Yeah. yeah. And like you, like to your point, you said earlier, whether they want to or not, they have a huge platform. Yes. To be role models for women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how, like, how are they going to use it? Mm-hmm. It's up. Yeah. It's there. It's up to them. Yeah. It's up to them. And it, like I said, I think, I think Kylie Kirk, Kylie Jenner is going it for me anyway, in like a more positive way. And it's probably because she has a little girl. Yeah. I mean, she even said that. Yeah. Yeah. I hope she listens to this episode. (laughs) Proud of you, girl. Keep going. (laughs) All right. So, okay, let's move on. So um, how can we change our attitudes towards our body? So now that we know 78% of at least our listeners and ourselves, like we struggle with body image, body image issues all the time. So like, what do we do to change our, to change it? So would you agree that, that I think it's an internal job and it's about, really self-respect and self-kindness. There's so many variables like social media, the mainstream media and all these other things that we can't really change. And the only thing you can control is like your own attitude. And it starts with you. Yeah. And to add to that, our mind is one of the most powerful tools. And the way that you think about yourself is going to determine the kind of life that you live. If you're always thinking negatively, Mm -hmm. and this goes for anything, this doesn't just go for, for body image, but we'll just stick to that since that's the topic of our show. But if you're just thinking negatively, Mm -hmm. you're going to attract negative things. Yes. And you're going to fill that, that space in your environment with things that are going to make you feel those negative feelings. Right. Right. And until you can learn to change that and work on coping with it and working on your attitude, you need to start thinking positively Mm -hmm. and change that mindset. Because when you be, that's when you rise to a higher version of yourself and be the best version of you. And then you're going to start attracting those positive emotions that are going to be associated with that. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. I would say that at this phase of my life, I'm I'm definitely obsessed with becoming a woman comfortable in her own skin. Because looking back, I, I don't think I've ever been that comfortable. Um, and I think maybe people will even like maybe except for my sister, my sister, Teresa knows me better than anybody. And she tells me I'm like too insecure all the time. And she always gives me shit about it. But <laughs> I think anybody else would probably say like, oh, you seem so confident. But it's I'm not. Right. And so like, I really, this era of my life, I don't know if it's turning 40 or what, um, but I'm really just like obsessed with coming comfortable and becoming comfortable in my own skin. And that doesn't mean like losing weight. That doesn't mean fitting a certain pant size. As you know, I recently went up a pant size because I put on a good, like what, 10 pounds in 2023. Right. <laughs> you remember I was at the mall. I do remember. Yeah, yeah. And I called you and I was just like, dude, none of my jeans fit anymore. What do I do? And you were like, uh, and what did I tell you? <laughs> what did I tell you? You said yeah, that I have to buy a new pair of jeans. That you need a new <laughs> pair of jeans. And you were like, just go up a size. And I was like, yes. No. What did I tell you? <laughs> it's not you. It's the jeans. If your jeans don't fit, yeah. buy a new pair of jeans. Yeah. And then I bought them and then I wore them and I was like, all right. All yes. Right, all right, I'm a size bigger, but you know what? <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, earlier we talked about the the poll that we took, where seventy eight percent said they struggled with body image every day, and twenty two percent said they didn't, and that was realistically like only like six people, right? So I asked a few of them, like, okay, so if you feel like you figured it out at this point, like, what did you do to get there? 
because I want to know, right? Whatever you did, I want to do. And so one of um, our listeners from Boston, actually, this is Cray, I Mm -hmm. think Sullivan, is that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm Yeah. Hi, Cray. Um, Hey, girl. (laughs) Yeah. I said, so how did you get to this point where you have like a really positive attitude about your body? And she said, um, she said, my whole mindset is to appreciate my body for what it is now. Sometimes looking back at old photos is hard to see older. It's hard to see older versions of myself being skinnier or looking younger, but I also know the old versions of me thought I was fat in those photos and I couldn't appreciate how truly I look, how truly great I looked. So now I try to appreciate how many body, how my body looks right now. So I don't look back in 10 years and repeat the same cycle. So that's like a really good point, right? Because I think we said this earlier, sometimes you look back 10 years ago. And at the time you were like, Oh, I was so fat. I wanted to lose two, 10 or 10 pounds, but really you're like, damn, I wish I looked like that again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Like I remember being, I don't know, like 24 and wanting to lose like 20 pounds. But if I look at the picture now, I'm just like, damn, I'd do anything to look like that again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You never appreciate where you're at in no. your life. Right. Yeah. And it's like, you tend to forget that you'll never be this age again and you'll never live this day again. And it's, it's, you don't even think about that. It's just always like, I'm not enough. I'm not skinny enough. I need to lose 10 more pounds or 15 or whatever it is. Yeah. And I, I talked to Cray about this too, a little bit, Oh, okay. um, you know, to dig a little bit deeper and, and she touched on all those things too. And what really stood out for me was when, you know, when she was looking at past versions of herself and she said something that, um, that said being thin, being thinner meant being unwell. And there was no way for me to look how I used to while also being healthy mm-hmm. and living the type of life that I wanted to, mm-hmm. which just shows so much growth. Mm-hmm. And so even if you wanted or went back to a place that you were in your past, like at what cost, Yeah, you know, how far are you willing to go mm-hmm. and to be able to recognize that, you know, you grew from that and you became healthy because of it and and recognizing that that pa- past self is not a healthy version mm-hmm. and I don't want to be that be that person right. is really, you know, that's a lot of self-reflection and and growth. And to your point about, you know, being able to grow older and get older and kind of appreciate that there's also a gratitude because it's a privilege to grow older yeah. and, you know, to not take that for granted and appreciate where you are at this stage of your life, because it's going to look different yeah. than you did 10 years ago. And that's okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and I'm glad we're talking about this because this is leading into like our strategies. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is like my favorite part of our discussions in the pink room is like, we both come with our own set of strategies that we don't really know each other is going to share. Um, So I love hearing uh, hearing what your input is. So some of the strategies, one of them um, that kind of goes off what she's saying is to appreciate all that your body can do. So um, running, dancing, breathing, laughing, like sometimes we don't look at our body and thank our bodies for all those beautiful things. We just think about what's wrong with our body. So like Cray said, really just like stopping and appreciating your body for where you are and in the season of life you are in, mm-hmm. right? So like, I'll share this, this is really personal, but this is a podcast and that's what keeps it so real. So, you know, if you don't, if you haven't learned by now, I keep it very real. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so a few years ago, I started to go through a divorce, right? And I lost, gosh, how many pounds do you think I lost? Like 15, I would say close to 20 15 pounds, or 20. 15 to 20 pounds. And um, I wasn't very, I wasn't happy. It was, a, you know, one of the darkest moments of my life. And, um, but it's, it was so interesting because so many people told me how great I looked. Right. So like on the inside, I'm like, I like I'm in this very dark, hard mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. But everyone's like, damn, girl, you look good. Right. Yeah. Like, like you're so, you know, like you're working out. You look so good. And but I wasn't happy. Right. I and wasn't it's like, happy. But wait, I don't feel good. No, I don't feel good. So like maybe I was definitely in the smallest jeans I've ever been in. And maybe I look the fittest I ever fit or I ever, you know, have been. Um, but I wasn't happy. And so this year when I actually had to buy bigger jeans, I, that was kind of what I told myself. I'm like, okay, so like I gained more weight just because like, I'm, I'm just in a better place now mm -hmm. and I'm feeling more like myself and I bought those jeans and yeah, they're a bigger size, but I'm like, whatever, I'm happier. I'm in a much better place. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not interesting how like that works. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And again, it's like at what cost? Right. At what cost? Right. Because your mental health mm -hmm. and your, and your happiness is way more important than the size pants. Hell Yeah that you need to buy a hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. So that was one of my strategies. Another strategy that I came up with is since everyone reported social media has like such a negative effect on their, their body attitude. Um, I, re I recommend being a critical viewer of social media and like block anything or anyone that makes you feel bad about yourself or your body. Like I only follow, I guess like 300 people. And it's honestly people who just follow me. Like I don't really follow a lot of celebrities other than Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> um, but she is the only one that I really follow and, and, and that's it. And so I feel like I'm pretty protective of my feed and what I'm intaking and like, honestly, like I recently, um, because I'm really into fitness in this era of my life, it's, it helps me. It's honestly my number one coping strategy, right. For mm -hmm. all the difficult shit going on in my life, mm -hmm. I exercise and that's what I do. Um, and so I've been, I've been enjoying, uh, posting reels of doing fitness, but like my whole objective is like, I want to show other mamas who are like really busy, who have had children, like, Hey, you can still find time to do it, to work out. And it feels good and good for you if you do it. And like, just showing them like, Hey, if I can do it, you can do it too. Right. Yeah. And, but if, if by chance, like someone sees my reels and it makes them feel bad in any way, even though that's not my intent, mm -hmm. I would want them to block me and I wouldn't take it personal because that's like not what I'm trying to do. Right. Like if someone looks at one of my reels and it says like, Hey, I'm motivated to go work out now. Thanks. Like, cool. That's what I yeah. was like hoping to do. Why? Yeah. Because I like when other people work out, mm -hmm. like, it's so funny. Like I will, if you're working out and you post a bit, like I will like it all day. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it because yeah. I like also seeing what other people do and the moves they do. And then mm -hmm. I'll incorporate it into my workouts. Yeah. But if what can I, I learn from this? How can I be better because of it? Yes. Yeah. So I've been kind of following someone who just uh, CrossFit. And so now I incorporate like their moves into my workouts and oh. it's been super fun. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so like, that's what I hope to attribute. But if like, I'm having the opposite effect, like just do just block me or meet me or whatever. Like I, I don't want to contribute to anyone in a negative way. Yeah. So those are what, so what do you got? So, so I, I might almost take it a one step further on social media. And I actually would encourage people tonight mm -hmm. to go through their list of the people that they're following. Yeah. And for people that do not serve them uh -huh. or make them feel good, mm -hmm. just delete them. Yeah. Just comb, do, do a, a sweep 
of all the people that you follow on social media yeah. and just like, let's get rid of, let's get rid of some of that negativity. Yeah. But don't delete in the pink room podcast. Like page. hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> just mute us. I, I promise I won't put fitness reels on her. <laughs> I enjoy yeah. your fitness reels. Oh, okay. I do. Well, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. nice. That's nice of you. Um, Okay. So there's that. All right. So also I think like taking social media breaks is really good for your mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, I went so far as I I deleted my whole Instagram like last year. Do you remember Uh, that? I remember that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I went several months without social media and it was really amazing. And the only reason I really got back on it is because of the podcast. Mm -hmm. You were like, you have to put yourself out there. And I was like, do I? I was like, we need an Instagram. You know that, right? And you're like, do we? (laughs) We can do a podcast without Instagram. No big deal. But no, you're right. And that's really like pushed me out of my comfort zone too. Is like putting myself out there because that hasn't been very easy. Yeah. No, that's not easy at all. No. Yeah. But I'm not going to lie. I like, um, I think we talked about how like filters Mm-hmm. contribute to like the negative body image and like okay i'm gonna own it like i use filters every everybody uses a filter well that's on instagram the cool thing about it is the filters <laughs> the cool thing yeah like yeah. the juno is my favorite <laughs> it like lightens you up it makes everything yeah. more vivid i yeah. mean like i'll own it though that's the difference like yeah, it, yeah if i post something a picture and someone's like oh my gosh like you never get older you look so young or whatever and i'm like okay like I appreciate it, but let's keep it real. It's just the filter. Like, and and then there are like, you do say that a lot. I do. You, well, I, I, yeah. I want people to know like, Hey, I mean, I don't think I look insanely different in person. No, no. I mean, I have more freckles for sure. Like, and more wrinkles. Like I know that, but, <laughs> but like, I, I want to keep it real. So like when people say that, I'm just like, dude, it's just the filter. And no. then they're, and then they're like, you can't say that. I'm like, well, <laughs> Yeah, I can. Well, like, the thing is, because I've, I've told you before, too, how like how amazing you'll look in a photo and you'll be like, it's the filter and you'll be like, I'm right here in front of you in person. I am looking at you right now and there is no filter and you're still freaking gorgeous. <laughs> so you can't use that excuse every time. You just, just take have, the compliment. Well, OK, OK. Well, you're my best friend. You have to say that. So. <laughs> OK, so um, another strategy, and this is actually evidence based mm. when you are like a lot of people want to know, okay, like when I'm looking in the mirror and mm-hmm. I am, I am going, having a moment mm-hmm. and how do I stop myself? I think Melissa Lawson actually asked me this. She's one of our, our biggest like podcast supporters. Oh, um, thanks Melissa. Yeah. She's amazing. I'm buying you a coffee mug with a, in the pink room, uh, uh, name on it. Logo. Logo. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Anyway, so she said, I'm so excited you guys are talking about body image. She said, I want to know what you do to keep yourself from spiraling. Like in that moment, like what exactly do you do? Right. And so evidence-based, like you are supposed to do mirror work is what it's called. So you are supposed to look in the mirror, like get dressed up, whatever, look in the mirror and pick three things to say about yourself. One of them should be about your appearance. So maybe like, oh, your, your outfit is amazing. The other two things should be about like your, your, um, a non-appearance characteristics. So maybe like, you're so funny, you're so kind, you're so, you're so talented. So you're supposed to look at yourself in the mirror and say those things three times. And that's supposed to help you. Have you ever done that? No, really? I'm so surprised. I mean, not in that way. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not in that way where I've like, you know, picked out three things and said it three times. Okay. Well, that's evidence-based practice or anyone who wants to know, you can look it up. I Um, believe it. Yeah. 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 But I, okay. So I have to say, I try it. Sometimes it works. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it doesn't. Right. Because it's just like your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, um, 
I've actually been trying something else and you're not going to like it. <laughs> oh, okay. I almost want to take a guess. <laughs> what do you, what do you think I'm going to say? <laughs> like listening to, <laughs> listening to a song. Okay. Yeah, I do that for sure. I put on Lizzo and I, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I do that for sure. But something I've decided to do because positive affirmations don't work for me. Like I can, I mean, they do sometimes. Okay, fine. But like sometimes like if I'm in a really bad headspace and mm. like the positive affirmations are not working, mm. what I've been experiencing or what experimenting with the past few weeks, and you're not going to like this again, is what I do is I look at myself in the mirror and I see what I don't like, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so for example, like I went to an ugly sweater party, I don't know, like two weeks ago and I wanted to wear this skirt that was probably too tight on me. And I wanted to wear like leggings with boots, but it was too tight and I, I didn't feel good. I looked at this and my thought was like, you look fat, like you need to change. Okay. You need to mm -hmm. wear something else. I've all been there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's hard for me to say that on this platform, but those are my real thoughts, sure. right? Um, so what I did was instead of saying like, you're, you're so beautiful or like, you're so funny or so talented or anything like that, that wasn't working. Right. Yeah. So what I did was I did an audio clip of myself and I repeated my thoughts out loud, the negative thoughts, the negative thoughts. And I said to myself, you look fat, you look ridiculous. Like you have no business wearing that skirt. You need to go change. So then I played it to myself. Mm -hmm. And the most interesting thing happened. My first response was like, bitch, like, <laughs> who's this girl? I like, first of all, who are you talking to? Right. <laughs> but like what it happened was like when you hear yourself and you actually hear your thoughts, mm -hmm. like you, it, it becomes like this auditory stimulus, right? It becomes more powerful because you're saying it out loud. Mm -hmm. So what happened was like, first of all, I can't believe I actually say those things to myself because that's horrible, right? I would never say that to my daughter. I would never say that to a friend. Right? And you would never want them to say that about themselves. Exactly. So when you hear yourself say it in your voice out loud, and it's not this private event, it's actually mm -hmm. this like stimulus, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I say that. And then it's like, how mean, right? And then also, I sound fucking ridiculous saying that to myself. Like when you hear yourself say the thoughts to yourself, like it immediately, like, I don't know, for me, I was just like, oh, hell no. Like, I'm going to go rock this skirt and I don't care what anyone thinks. Right. And so it and so did you? Yeah. And then, yeah, you saw, I posted a picture. I was like in this ugly sweater and I, I wore my skirt and I, you know what, after that, I was just like, you know, what? I'm going to go own it and I'm going to feel better about it. Yeah. Because it was, it was crazy hearing myself talk to myself that way. Again, I don't recommend this for everyone because <laughs> it's actually like you making a negative thought to yourself. Um, or a negative statement to yourself. But like what you realize is how mean you're actually being to yourself. And that's not cool. Yeah. It probably just takes a couple of times. Yeah, it takes. Yeah. So I, I don't like know. Maybe one or two. Yeah. So for anyone, if like the positive affirmations don't work for you, like they don't necessarily work for me, try that out. Let me know what you think. Um, Again, it's not an evidence, evidence based practice. I'm not mm -hmm. a professional, but like it worked for me. Yeah. Yeah. It got me out of that headspace. And I was like, fuck that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wait, that's me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, that, oh, wait just kidding. That was me these. talking to myself. <laughs> yeah. 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 The When you're spiraling, that's a really hard place to be. Yeah. Um, especially because you're alone. Mm -hmm. And in more often, so more often than not, you're really struggling in that mental space alone. And I actually call it the snowball effect. I'm, I'm pretty sure I made this up. Mm -hmm. But it's where you, you just kind of start with one small thought. Yeah. 
it's negative. Mm-hmm. And that one thought turns into two. Yeah. And next thing you know, you have this snowball and it's picking up speed and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger yeah. until you don't even know which way is up anymore. Yeah. Uh, which is really hard with the spiraling thoughts. And so one thing that I've been doing recently is that if I am getting into it spiraling out of control and I think about okay, what it is, what am I feeling? Mm-hmm. Like, what is this emotion? And I try and label that emotion. Mm-hmm. And maybe it is um, a lack of self-worth, mm-hmm. right? I'm not good enough. I don't look good enough. Mm-hmm. And so I take that. So first I try and label the emotion mm-hmm. and it's usually a negative one. And then I try and come up with a alternating positive emotion. Yeah. That's going to be the exact opposite. And I say, and I tell myself, okay, this is the lesson I'm supposed to be learning right now mm-hmm. that, it, that I am worth it, mm-hmm. that I, I am good enough, that I do have self-worth and that I, I am strong enough. Mm-hmm. And so I do try and go with the positive affirmations, but I try and label yeah. what it is that emotion is that I'm feeling, mm-hmm. validate it because your emotion, they're real yeah. and then say, okay, I need to learn the opposite of it. That's my lesson right now. How am I going to get there? Mm-hmm. I love that. I'll try that. So before, <laughs> so, be, <laughs> so before I go into my negative statement behavior, I'll try your positive affirmations and label my emotions. <laughs> positive, positive behavior support first, and then punishment procedure second. I, you know, as long as you, if you've tried all the positives, it's okay to dabble in the negative, the punishment. <laughs> I told you, I always have to get kind of like gangster. You like, I, yeah, <laughs> you do, man. Girl, you look terrible, <laughs> bitch. Who are you talking to? <laughs> you got something to say? <laughs> I'll give you something to say. <laughs> That's my internal dialogue right there. Oh, my God. Imagine if like someone walked in on you, <laughs> like you have your phone out. It's like recording yourself. <laughs> You look fucking ugly. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Say it again. Say it again. While you're looking at your phone. <laughs> you just record yourself too. Yeah. What's funny is like you pretty much described the whole thing. <laughs> what, it, what it actually looked like. <laughs> you weren't even there. I feel like you were there. You were watching me. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. I'm dying. I'm crying. I think it's just because I know you so well. <laughs> you could just see it. See it with your chest. <laughs> that was me. That was me. So try that. Let me know how it works for you. Hopefully it works well. <laughs> Something's got to work. <laughs> Something's got to work for sure. Between the two of those. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So those are strategies that we can help. And I also think like it's important to say that like if you're engaging in self-care routines, like if you're exercising and you're trying to eat healthy and you're doing the best, I feel like it's easier, even if you're not where you want to be. And perfection is not a thing. Let's all Mm -hmm. just like keep that real. Um, But if you are doing the best you can, and you're exercising, eating well, if you look in the mirror, like it's easier to say like, hey, you're doing pretty good, as opposed to like, if you're not doing those things, and you're not trying and you're not, you know, you're kind of just like, not moving your body, you're not being really kind to it by like selecting the appropriate foods. 
like it's easier to come to develop the positive attitude because like really you're like, yeah, I'm not perfect, but I'm trying my best with what I have. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I definitely want to hone in on that too. Cause we didn't really even mention like food. Right. Or, yeah, and then you exercise. can also like observe some tangible things that you're doing. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, even if you're just going outside on a walk mm -hmm. or even just spending time outdoors or mm -hmm. like making a good food choice, um, you know, those are all little small observable things that you have control over that is going to make you feel good about your body. Yeah, because it's, again, it's like like I know I'm treating my temple as well as I can be. Mm -hmm. Right. And then it makes it easier to make peace with your body in my in my experience and opinion anyway. Yeah. Yeah. OK, so let's um, the last thing we're going to talk about is the, the reason we wanted to talk about this really was not only to help each other and help ourselves like develop a better body image. Right. But we also want to talk about now that we're mothers and we have daughters. Mm -hmm. Right. And not even just daughters. I mean, we have our sons and it's important for them as well. Yeah. Um, that's what sucks about being not what sucks about being a man, but <laughs> <laughs> what I, I really have compassion for men because like we it's like women just talk about these things more openly. Sure. And I think that men have the same exact struggles and go through the same exact things, but they're not really allowed to talk about it. Yeah. Right. You want to know what's funny to, to counterpoint that. Yeah. I actually asked my husband before coming today to record mm -hmm. and I, I asked him if he struggled with body issues. Mm -hmm. And it's also really important to note here that he is not on social media. He does not have a Facebook. He does not have an Instagram. And he told me no. Yeah. He told me no. He doesn't. Yeah. I, Although I will say, I don't think that's the case for everybody, but the interesting point that I want to make is that he's also not on social media. Yeah. No, that is an interesting thing. Yeah, for sure. That's a, that's a controlling variable. Yeah. That's not really in his life. Right. Yeah. Influence mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I did ask another male friend of mine if uh, he also, if he struggles with body image, he's, is on social media. And he said, yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, but he thinks that it doesn't affect him. Like it affects women. Mm -hmm. The way he described it is, yeah, we see it. And then we just move on. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that yeah. must be nice. <laughs> yeah. And I think like men, like women are always wanting in my mind to be like skinnier or whatever. But I think like men are kind of the opposite. Like they don't, I don't know. I could probably wrong, just want to be taller. <laughs> right. Right. Like taller or like more built, not like being skinny is not necessarily always like the best like thing. Right. And like so maybe they, it's not their beauty standard. Right. Right. Exactly. So it's just different. But the participants that um, answered 78%, a lot of those were men who said, yeah, I deal with it every day. So mm -hmm. I think when it's we, there. Yeah, it is there for sure. And so um, in talking about this, I'm not just talking about our daughters, I'm talking about our sons too, right? So if I, um, let's come up with some strategies to help our children to have a better positive uh, body image and develop a healthy attitude for life. And like, how can we do that? So the number one thing that comes to my mind is to be a role model for your child, right? Because they that's literally where they learn everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I pray I never hear my daughter say she's not pretty enough again. Like, obviously that came from somewhere. And unfortunately, maybe it came from me not even knowing. Like, I, I don't think I've ever said anything like that in front of her. Like, I don't know where she would pick that up at, but I'm going to go ahead and take accountability and say like, I could, I could do a better job. I will say I do work out in front of her a lot. And I, and she'll say like, mommy, why do you work out so much? And I say, it makes me happy. Like oh, it, yeah. it gives me energy. Mm -hmm. It puts me in a good mood. Yeah. So I never, ever say like, oh, I need to lose weight or I'm trying to lose this or that. nothing. I'm always like, so I can be a strong and I can run around with you. Those are the <laughs> things I say. Yeah. I, I think that's really great. And, and what we say about how, like how we do things and how we live our life and those choices that we make are going to, are going to be big too. It's not just what we say about 
our ourselves and our bodies too. Like, um, you know, cause I work out in front of my kids too. If I go to the garage, um, Hunter will come out there most of the time with his dad when his dad is working out and mm-hmm. he calls it like, let's go play garage. <laughs> and I, um, and I'll say like, Oh, look how strong like mommy is. If like, I'm, you know, yeah. lifting weights or something like that. And I kind of like to use those words like strong and, um, and yeah. tough and I'm capable and things like that instead of, yeah, I don't know fit or fat or, or, th- or skinny. thin, skinny. Or thinny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I have to share that. I was so pumped because like the kid's father, he's like freaking Captain America. He like <laughs> works out like five days a week and you know, he's all buff and all this kind of stuff. And um, I think my children look at him and think like he's a superhero, right? And that's great. And I'm happy they do. Um, and it's also motivation and it always has been for me. I want them to look at me and kind of think something similar. Like my mom's a badass and she's yeah. super strong and she can, she can squat a Victoria's Secret model. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. And so just last week, um, I was wearing a tank top and my son, Logan, who is my eight-year-old, he comes up to me. He's like, mommy, he's like, you're jacked. Oh. And I was like, wait, what? Because <laughs> he never said anything like that. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you have big muscles, mommy. You're jacked. I was like, yeah. thanks, dude. And I was like so pumped up about that. You want to know um, what my son comes up to me and says? <laughs> what does he say? He'll come up to me and he'll say, mom, why do your thighs jiggle? <laughs> and I say, you know what? Because that's what thighs do. <laughs> Right. They jiggle. But then he'll say, like, my thighs don't. I'd be like, well, some thighs do and some thighs don't, but either way, it's okay. Yes, my thighs jiggle. Okay. Yes. yes. I love it. I love it. So, part of being a a role model is um, you have to say things about yourself and acknowledge that you accept your imperfections in front of your kids, right? Like my jiggly thighs. Yeah. 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 Right. Or like my bottom. I'm going to be like, yeah, it's not perfect, but whatever. It's what God gave me. I'm going to rock it. Right. Like, yeah. cause my daughter, she, she's, I mean, I don't know. She's probably going to have some curves like me. Right. And I don't want her to grow up feeling insecure about right. those curves. I want her to own it and mm-hmm. like feel good in her skin and be grateful for the body that God gave her. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So I need to do a better job. And like, it's funny. I don't really comment on myself. But now I'm really realizing like, okay, like I probably need to be, make some positive comments about myself. I see what you're saying. Like, instead of just no comments, yeah, shift it over to the positive comments. Yeah. To, to let them know it's healthy to say mm-hmm. nice things about yourself. Right. Yeah. And that's like, I'll have to reprogram my brain because like, I just don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, another strategy is like, have a positive attitude towards physical activity for your children. Right. So you never want to like tell your daughter like, okay, like we need to go burn some calories or like we had a big dinner. So we have to like work off that food. It should be um, it it, it should be more about like instead of that, like focusing on exercise as a way to um, instead of a way to lose weight, you should talk about how it improves your mood. Um, or it's like a social activity. Like you play basketball to hang out with your friends and also get exercise because it makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. Right. And you think clear. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with needing, needing to lose weight. Right. Right. Or calories or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Um, another strategy that I thought about is, um, help your children develop a healthy relationship with food. Right. Yeah. I was going to say that. You're going to say that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sorry. I'm taking all the strategies. No, no, no. (laughs) You know, these, these are all the strategies. These are good. Yeah. So like when, you know, like I, with my kids, I try to feed them like a lot of fruits and veggies and like proteins and stuff like that. And what I'll say is like, instead of saying like, oh, we're eating broccoli because it's low calorie or whatever, I'll say like broccoli improves your eye and heart health. Right. And that's why we're eating it. And yeah, I know it's not like you'd rather be eating chips, 
but right. chips don't serve the same purpose as broccoli does. Right. Yeah. And we're we're actually right in that in that stage right now with Hunter. He's five. And where we read a lot about the human body and mm-hmm. actually how even just from like a biological standpoint and how your body just breaks down food mm-hmm. and like your body doesn't break down chips or take in any nutrients from chips like it does broccoli. And so we'll kind of like read through it and I'll say like, this is why we, you know, try and have vegetables with dinner because we want to make sure that we're putting good things into your body so that, you know, your body can stay, can stay healthy. Sure. Can you have chips? Yeah, sure. But we also need to make sure we're making good choices too. Yeah. So doing everything in moderation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I love that. Yeah. So that would be a good strategy. And then also, um, celebrate your child's non-physical attributes, right? So instead of focusing on like their, their size or their, I don't know, their curves or whatever, like talk about how creative they are. Mm-hmm. Um, like Eva with my daughter, I'm constantly telling her how much I love her imagination. Like she's Aww. so smart and she mm-hmm. just comes up with the funniest thing. So I talk to her a lot about those things. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll say like, oh, I love your hair. It's so pretty. But like, I don't focus a lot on like what she looks like. I I will tell other people like my daughter, I think my daughter's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I do. Yeah, but I don't talk to her so much about like, her her appearance Mm -hmm. right it's all about like what's on the inside how sweet she is and how cute she is all that kind of stuff yeah yeah those are really good tips yeah and it's probably going to be more challenging right because like I don't know what it's like to have a teenage daughter Oof. yeah don't ask me yeah I know maybe (laughs) maybe. (laughs) but I imagine that's going to be pretty pretty tricky like once they hit puberty and I mean I have older nieces because right, like we were teenagers at one point, things are so differently, but we know how hard it is. Yeah. And it was hard back then. And it, and, was, imagine yeah, now. and it was hard back then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you could compare yourself to 5,000 people in an instant. Yeah. Like at your fingertips. One thing that I. Eva I will not have social media. <laughs> <laughs> no, no social media for as long as possible. Yeah, seriously. I can't, I can't, I can't even. even. Um, Maybe it'll be gone by then. Yeah. Let's just hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, personally having twin girls, mm-hmm. I do have I have concerns and worries that they'll compare themselves to each other. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um you know they they are they're not they're identical. They're so different. Yeah. They're very different and they're different in in all aspects. They're different in their in the way that they look, they're different in their personalities, they're different in their sizes. Yeah. They're we have, you know, two different size shoes going on right now, two different size underwear that we're in right now and clothes. And, uh, you know, and I just, I hope that we're able to create like a strong enough environment at home that they don't look at that as being a, you know, bad or anything like that. Yeah. You'll have to celebrate Um, their differences. Yeah. And, you know, and just making sure that like when we do talk to them and this is everybody in, in our environment that they're not, they're, those people aren't commenting either. Like, Oh, like, you know, cause if, you know, if they comment about like their size, like, oh, Eden, you're so like small and petite. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, you know, maybe her sister isn't, you know, right. but they're they're two years old. Like, yeah. why are we why are we even making those comments like right now? But it's amazing. Right. Because like people do make those comments mm-hmm. that early on. They're like, yeah. oh, they're such a chubby baby or yeah. they're just like a chubby toddler. Yeah. It starts yeah. when, they're, when they're babies. Oh, so that's where it comes maybe from. Maybe that's where it starts. <laughs> like if you're a chubby baby, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all the energy you're getting. Like you're just being told you're chubby all the time. Yeah. 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 It's more than just how we portray it in the home and how we portray it as parents and how we model it as role models. Mm -hmm. I think we also have to do some teaching. Like 
you know, they might hear things in school. They Mm -hmm. might hear kids call them names. Yes. And, you know, that that stuff does exist or the things that they are going to see on social media Mm -hmm. or the things that, you know, they're going to see in the media. Right. And I guess maybe the best we can hope for is like just having an open dialogue. Yeah. Communicate. Absolutely. So like when Eva comes of age and she sees people like Kim Kardashian, like I'm going to talk to her about like all the different things that woman had to do in order to look that way. And so like that, that's not really attainable for most people. Yeah. Right. So we're not going to look at her <laughs> as, yeah. as as the beauty standard here. Yeah. We're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that's just shut that's that just down like, real quick. Yeah, shut that down real quick. Yeah. But JLo, JLo, <laughs> JLo, on the other hand, <laughs> that's something we can talk about. <laughs> that's right. Well, this is a really fun episode. Yeah. Yeah. I think I have some really good strategies. That I'm going to I'm going to try. Yeah. I'll, I'll try. Sure. I'll try your positive affirmations for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll start doing that. I don't do that a whole lot out loud, but I yeah. will. Okay, awesome. All right. And Everyone, we'll report we, back. <laughs> yeah, we'll report back. We hope you guys enjoyed this first episode of 2024. And we can't wait to make more shows for you guys. And let us know if you think of any topics that you want us to cover this year. And we'll, we will definitely tackle it. All right, you guys have a great night. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.